Sewer Ninjas is dedicated to solving your home sewer issues with the latest no-dig sewer repair technology to minimize cost and disruption. They can repair your sewer lateral line with minimal intrusion, saving you thousands. When you need help, turn to the drain and sewer experts for Milwaukee and the surrounding communities. Give Sewer Ninjas a call, 414-250-8605. Once again, that's 414-250-8605. Find out more at SewerNinjas.com. On this Monday, there is so much to unpack in the world of football, especially with the Green Bay Packers. We might be at this for quite a while. Obviously, we got to break down the Green Bay Lion game. It's Black Monday for a lot of coaches within the NFL, and we've got a college football championship all to get to on this edition of the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Sewer Ninjas. Let's go. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in. This is the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Sewer Ninjas on this Black Monday. I'm Don Wachillas. Thank you so much for logging in and joining us, whether you've done so on Spotify, Google, Apple, or any of the other platforms that we currently reside on as we sit on this Black Monday, a day in which many NFL coaches are looking closely at their phone to see if they are going to get a call from the front office. We've already seen one coach let go. We'll talk about that a little bit later, as well as some of the other coaches who are sitting on that hot seat on this particular Monday. Of course, of course, of course, we've got to get to the Packer-Lions game that we'll talk about here in just a moment and what a fiasco that turned out to be. And then we'll end things today looking ahead, hopefully at something a little more positive, which is the college football championship, which will take place tonight between TCU and Georgia. So a lot to unpack on this edition. And we start with the Packer-Lions game last evening. And I don't know about you. There's a part of me that is almost relieved we're not going to the playoffs because I could not envision this this current roster, this current Green Bay Packer roster going to San Francisco and being competitive, especially after the way they played last night. Had they parlayed what they did against Minnesota into last night's game, my optimism would have been much different. But after watching last night's game, if they would have found a way to eke out a victory – I don't know what my feelings would have been moving forward into a playoff scenario in which you had to take on the San Francisco 49ers who have won 10 in a row and who are playing really some unbelievable football. But let's look at the Packers after last night's loss and go through a couple of things 
because I think they wake up this morning, and when I say they, I'm talking about the entire Green Bay Packer organization. Tell me a facet within that organization this morning that gets up and feels as if, yeah, we did our part, it's unfortunate, this side of the ball struggled. Or the front office is saying, yeah, we did our part, but it's unfortunate from an X and O standpoint. We couldn't get it done. Or from the coaching standpoint, like we put this game plan in place and unfortunately it just didn't manifest itself the way we wanted. There is not a facet up there on Lombardi Avenue who can wake up this morning, in my opinion, and hold their head up at all. At all. And it starts today, at least for us, on the defensive side of the ball. Listen, there are going to be enough coaches let go today. And that's tough. People being let go of their job is tough. They have families. They have homes. They have children in school. All of those things. It is tough. But it's an unfortunate part of the business. And because it's an unfortunate part of the business, it's why as coordinators and coaches, especially at the coordinator spot, you're compensated very well. Yes, you work your tail off but you're also compensated very well because if things don't go well, one of the factors within that job description is you are going to be let go. And I'm not one always to ask people to be walked to the door. But what I saw last night from the Packer defense, Joe Barry, it's time. I thought maybe things had finally come together with what we saw against the Minnesota Vikings how well they played, the scheme that was implemented, the way the the team defensively was flying around and getting to the ball, all of those elements. If I would have saw that last night, maybe, as I said earlier, my thoughts of winning, if they had won and going to San Francisco, my optimism would have been much better. But what I saw last night was a manifestation of what we saw all year long in that this team at times has been undisciplined and downright childish on the defensive side of the ball. This I want to intimidate mentality in the way it was being executed was downright childish. It was playgroundish elementary school, that bully mentality. And every time you did it, it cost your team. And last night, the things that occurred cost your team at crucial times and may have been, or are, I should say, not may have been, are some of the elements as to why this team could not beat the Detroit Lions at home at Lambeau Field in January. So let's start with the defensive side of things. Rasul Douglas, who right before half, during a timeout, as Matt LaFleur is getting ready to ice the kicker on what was a pretty significant field goal attempt, especially in the temps and the weather at Lambeau, Rasul Douglas just walks down the line of scrimmage and knocks the ball or tries to grab the ball from the Detroit Lions center who didn't hear the whistle Many of the players did not hear the whistle and was getting ready to snap it. 
what are you doing? What are you doing? We heard on the broadcast several times last night, just when you thought you've seen everything, something occurs, and you don't know how to wrap your mind around it. Here's another example. Like, why is Rasul Douglas walking down the line of scrimmage to grab the ball away from the opposing team's center? Why aren't you just holding your ground, waiting for the referee to do their job? It's that intimidation thing. It's the bully thing. We're trying to get into your head. Well, now you get a little shoving match, and what do you do? You throw a punch, you get caught 15 yards, and it goes from what would have been a challenging field goal to a chip shot. So that's how the first half ends. And if you watched the game, you saw Matt LaFleur sprinting up the tunnel. But that wasn't the end of what I'm terming the childish behavior by the defense. Then we get a point where we see Jerron Reed throwing a forearm at somebody's head. Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt pushing the medical staff as they come on the field. Now, Swift is down, and the broadcast talks about, well, you know, that's a college teammate. They wanted to maybe see how he was doing. Fine. Understood. But what are you pushing a medical trainer for? Once again, that whole bully intimidation thing, but it was childish. That is not what the NFL is about. And what did it do? It got, in this clay, in this case, excuse me, Quay Walker thrown out of the game. So Quay now is going up the tunnel upset, rightfully so. And son, you're going to be a meme now because it looked like you were throwing a tantrum. And again, it goes back to this bully, childish mentality that this defense has had all year. This defense has not played good enough to act the way they did. And this then inevitably swings back for me to Joe Barry. Joe Barry, you are the coordinator on the defensive side. That is your side of the ball. You are setting the tone, and more importantly, you are creating the culture by which those players have to operate within. You let too much go throughout the year. You let too much go, and because you let too much go, this is what happens. This is a team, again, that gave up 27 points to the Giants, 27 to the Jets. The Jets. I can understand giving up 27 points to the Bills. That's actually somewhat of a victory. But there have been times this year that you have not necessarily, you meaning the defensive side of the ball, have not performed at a level in which you could play this bully mentality while you're walking around. And it cost you yesterday. The 15 yards on Quay Walker not only gave Detroit the opportunity to score, but it took one of your better defensive players out of the mix for the remainder of the game. Disappointing is an understatement. But Joe Barry, I'm, I'm sorry. You should be on the phone this morning with U-Haul, making some reservations, making sure the boxes are in tow. 
and figuring out what your next move is because that can't take place. And Matt LaFleur last night in the presser kind of chastising Quay Walker is something this should have happened much earlier in the season. This is not the first time Quay has been over-exuberant, and this wasn't over. I can't even excuse what he did last night to over-exuberance, but there have been other times where he has been flagged throughout the year. These are the kind of things that should have happened in weeks three, four, five, maybe. Not week 18. Not when your playoff hopes are on the line. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to throw some things at you. It gets a little redundant, but I hope you get the message from this. Our offense was playing against a defense that was ranked 30th in scoring. 30th in scoring. You managed one touchdown and a few field goals in your 16-point effort. You played a defense last night that was ranked 30th on third down. You went 4 of 12. You should start to see a pattern or hear a pattern here quickly. Against a defense ranked 30th in goal-to-go situations, you were 0 for 1. And a team that was ranked 30th in yards allowed per carry. 30th. The average 3.7. Now, I don't know what the game plan was. There were question marks early on. We fell in love with variations of the jet sweep. And it didn't really work. And how we maneuver things on the fly hasn't always necessarily been a strength under Matt LaFleur. But Matt LaFleur's offensive schemes in some critical games, not all, some, have to be questioned. They just have to be. Now, whether it's the scheme that's questioned or whether it's the quarterback who is checking out of said play into something else, however that goes, no one's going to throw the other under the bus. However that plays out, somebody is doing something that is not giving the Green Bay Packers the best opportunities in order to win a football game. This is a team that ran the ball very, very well against the Minnesota Vikings. It was what we talked about in one of the podcasts last week, the reason why, A, that they beat the Vikings, but, B, it was something we've been looking for all year. Your two best offensive players are behind Aaron Rodgers. And the way you ran the ball against Minnesota, the run set up the pass, it was a beautifully orchestrated thing to see wasn't there against Detroit. And why suddenly we out try, <laughs> excuse me, outdo ourselves, I have no idea. Defensively, offensively, a mess. Special teams, Mason Crosby. Mason Crosby is the equivalent on that team right now, I think, of Moses. He's getting up in years. And yet he did a decent job last night. Yes, he missed one that hit the crossbar. Distance is not going to be Mason Crosby's friend. He's getting up in years. But he did what you asked him to do last night. Keyshawn Nixon, who had been spectacular on returning the football, got just bottled up. 
There's no other way to put it. No other way to put it. And then you look one last time at that Joe Barry defense that over the last few weeks had created 12 turnovers. Got nothing. They got nothing. I I just, I, I'm at wit's end as far as, again, the defensive side of the ball, this childish, bully, intimidating approach when you really don't have nothing to hang your hat on. If you were if you were posting shutouts and this team was 14 and two, I, I get the swagger a little bit, completely understand it. But this was a team that was playing for its playoff life and you were playing like a team that had finished the regular season or gone into last night 14 and two, heading into the last game. It, it it just was not pretty, and it was frustrating to say the least. If there was one positive thing that came out of last night, there are more if, if you dig a little bit. But if there was one positive thing for me, it's been the ascension of Christian Watson. His play has been nothing shy of spectacular in this final stretch of the season. So regardless of whether it's Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers next year, Christian Watson has done exactly what the Packers have thought or thought he would have done throughout the whole draft process, which is ascend and be that number one receiver. And he has the ability, and we saw it again last night with a spectacular catch down the right sideline. But other than that because I'm too lazy right now and too tired to dig deeper. It's it's going to be a tough Monday to work your way through because we're just going to be sitting back and thinking of all of the woulda, shoulda, couldas, and again, the childish behavior by some members of that defense that put you in situations that you didn't need to be in when you're fighting for your playoff life. That part to me is frustrating. So if I'm the front office, you're doggone right I'm sitting down with that coaching staff and trying to figure something out. If I'm the front office, I'm trying to figure out what pieces do I need to replace. This team, to me, showed a lack of veteran leadership last night, especially the defensive side of the ball. If we go back to the 90s, I'm – Almost 99.99% sure that if you put Reggie White up there on the line, a kid like Quay Walker is not going to do what he did. It would have never been tolerated. And the veterans would have taught him exactly how you go about playing in the NFL. They need to, they being the front office, needs to find a veteran, respected defensive player, whether it's on the defensive line, at the linebacking spot, in the secondary. I don't care where it is that these younger players will listen to and respect and someone that goes about their business the right way. So if you bring in a new defensive coordinator, then you put that individual into place, front office, that to me 
is job number one. The coaching staff, you've got to re-examine how you're going about your business, the culture you're developing there in Green Bay. The past few years, you've had some veterans there. You didn't have to necessarily be on certain individuals because the veterans would take care of it. Some of those veterans are now gone. You're going to have to reestablish that culture. The heck with the X's and O's. It's about the culture right now in Green Bay, and it's suffering. Is it gone? No. It's suffering. It needs to be fixed. And the players, especially, again, on the defensive side, we got to get out of this childish, bully, grade school mentality like we're on the playground and get back to doing what you are capable of doing. There are too many players on that defense with the skill sets that they possess for that defense to be the way it was. So it's a tough Monday for a lot of people. Fans, players, front office, you name it. And now we'll sit and wait on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers again said, you know, I'm not going to hold the Packers hostage. Well, we've heard that before. We've heard it before from you. We heard it from Brett Favre. We bend down this road. And every time he'll be asked, he'll say, well, I just need a couple of weeks. I'm still trying to unwind, wrap myself around what the season was, kind of decompress, yada, yada, yada. I would hope that before the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers, whether he sends it out on a text, on Instagram, whether he goes on his various shows that he likes to attend and kind of give his perception of what the world is, whether it wants to be again on that show with Pat McAfee, whatever the case may be. But before the Super Bowl, say, listen, this is what I'm going to do next year. I'm playing, I'm not playing, and let's go. Because the longer we wait, the more drama it gets. And the more you read that drama last year is one of the reasons why Devontae Adams ended up at Las Vegas. Money was equivalent. The stories out there are pretty much Devontae was just tired of waiting to see whether or not Aaron was going to come back or not. So hopefully he will step up and make that announcement sooner than later. Tough way to start a Monday, but we'll plow through it nonetheless. It is Black Monday, and so we'll make our way around the NFL, talk about some coaches on the hot seat, talk about one that's already been let go even before we got into Black Monday. playoff picture as it stands let's run through where the games are going to be played who the matchups are and where we can go ahead and watch those games all of these times will be central standard since we are here in the 414 it's seattle at san francisco saturday 3 30 we can see that on fox followed by the chargers at jacksonville 
a 7:15 kick on NBC. Moving on to Sunday, Miami at Buffalo. That's a noon kick on CBS. It will be backed up by the Giants at Minnesota. That's a 3:30 start on Fox. Then back to NBC for a Sunday night affair, Baltimore at Cincinnati, once again at 7.15. And then on Monday, we head over to ESPN, another 7.15 kick as Dallas will take on Tampa Bay at Tampa. So today is a day when we see a number of NFL coaches that will be released. Now, we've had a few already that were released before the regular season came to an end. Matt Rule with the Panthers, Frank Reich with the Colts, Nathaniel Hackett with the Broncos, all released in the midst of the regular season. Their respective interim coaches, Steve Wilkes, Jeff Saturday, and Jerry Rosenberg, I would suspect will be let go today as well since those teams are now going to try and cast a wider net and looking for their next, next excuse me, head coach. Lovey Smith last night in the midst of the – Packer-Lions game was released by the Texans. And then here's some other notable ones to keep an eye on. Cliff Kingsbury of the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury, a team that went 4-12. and Yes, Kyler Murray had tore his ACL. And yes, when you lose your starting quarterback the way he did, that doesn't always bode well. But that team woefully underperformed. I'll say it this way. I think Cliff Kingsbury is an outstanding standing college football coach. I don't think it necessarily transferred his style transferred to the NFL. I think if Cliff Kingsbury went back to college football, if he found himself, for instance, in the SEC, I think the way he runs his offense is more suited for college football. That doesn't make him a bad coach. It just doesn't work, at least in my opinion, within the NFL. A couple of coaches to keep an eye on. Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera working for the Commanders, and the only reason I put Ron's name out there is the fact that the Commanders, their front office is a hot mess, and talk about a culture that is really goofed up, and I'll say that politely. It is Washington, so if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm I'm a little nervous this morning even though he's really done nothing wrong and held it together again with what the front office has given him. But that front office has got issues. Kevin Stefanski with the Browns. That's, again, another front office hot mess. Everyone I'm going through, the next, the next one especially, the front office and the culture of that organization is what dictates how things manifest throughout that building. And though these coaches, in some cases, brought it upon themselves, in some cases, it's just what that cloud that hangs over that particular team is and makes it a tough place to work. So Stefanski, even though you saw what took place as far as the quarterback goes, I'm not even going to get into it, held what he could together. Whether or not he gets another chance to move that thing forward, we'll wait and see. The one that I am a bit surprised at, if it happens, is Josh McDaniels. Now, Josh McDaniels has been a bit of a train wreck when it comes to being a head coach, but the fact that they benched 
Derek Carr for financial reasons made me think that this team was going to take coach over quarterback and that Derek Carr would find himself moving on in free agency. But Josh McDaniel's name keeps popping up on various sites as one who could find himself with a pink slip today. That, to me, is a curious one. But again, it goes back to the culture of the organization. And the one that may be the biggest surprise of all is Sean McVay. Late last night, reports started to come out that Sean McVay is mulling his future with the organization. Now remember, this is a team last year that went all in and got the ring. And this was a team that many pundits were saying, hey, this is the future of the NFL. They're not worried about draft picks. They're not worried about developing anybody. You get all-stars in there. You win that thing. Well, all-stars get old. All-stars have free agency and move on. All-stars get injured. And all of those things happen to the Rams. And they were nothing like they were last year. And so now you've got a team that has given up all of their draft picks. They went all in last year. Yes, they've got that ring. But this team has the potential to be a 5-6 win team now for the next three or four years. And does Sean McVay want to be a part of that? If Sean McVay decides to leave, I think that's a telling sign as to what he thinks this Rams team is going to be over the next three, four, five years and whether or not he wants to put himself, excuse me, through that in trying to get it back up to that upper echelon of where they were the last couple of years when they went all in. Now you're seeing why teams don't necessarily give up every single draft choice they have, absolutely emptying the cupboards for the future to win now because now is when it comes back to bite you in the backside. So those are some names to keep an eye on. Let's take another quick break. On the other side, let's preview tonight's college football championship. Let's end some things maybe on a brighter note, and we'll do so after this message from Sewer Ninjas. Sewer Ninjas is dedicated to solving your home sewer issues with the latest no-dig sewer repair technology to minimize cost and disruption. They can repair your sewer lateral line with minimal intrusion, saving you thousands. When you need help, turn to the drain and sewer experts for Milwaukee and the surrounding communities. Give Sewer Ninjas a call, 414-250-8605. Once again, that's 414-250-8605. Find out more at SewerNinjas.com. So later tonight, we get the college football championship, the national championship to be played this evening between TCU and Georgia coming off what was one of the better semifinals that we've seen in quite a while as TCU top Michigan in what was kind of a wild crazy game in which TCU I and myself included wasn't given much of a chance because we thought Michigan would be much more physical where TCU down TCU did a couple of things that I don't know if people outside of the Big 12 or people outside of those who follow TCU thought would take place. They were more physical than Michigan. They were faster than Michigan. And that 3-3-5 defense that they put in play just created a headache for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. Now, they had a couple of weeks to prepare for Michigan, maybe put some wrinkles in. Now you've got more of a natural turnaround after that semifinal game on Saturday, heading to Monday, so we'll see how TCU can do. Georgia 
had a comeback against Ohio State. An Ohio State missed field goal at the end, allowed Georgia now to get to this championship game in which they'll try and defend last year's championship and go back to back. They would be only one of a little more than a handful of schools like Alabama and some others who could win back-to-back championships, but we'll see if Georgia has it within them to do just that. Georgia playing in the SEC, understands speed, understands power. This game, had I not seen what TCU did against Michigan, if TCU somehow would have just found themselves in the championship game, I would go into tonight's game thinking much like I did in the semifinal that Georgia will just steamroll TCU. I know the odds makers out in Vegas think that's what's going to take place. Right now the spread sits between 12 and a half and 13 and a half, depending on you know who you're looking at. I think it's going to be much closer. I think that you'll see a game that is high scoring. I think both teams have the ability to put points on the board. And because of it, and because of the way TCU's season has gone, I'm going to take the underdog tonight. I'm going to take TCU for the win in order to kind of really set the college football world on its head. TCU has played in a lot of close games to get to where they are. I don't think they fear anyone, and they know how to handle games that are close much like Georgia. So at the very least, whoever you're rooting for tonight, let's root for a good game, a clean game, a game in which no players find themselves injured uh, to close out their college career or end at least their college season. And let's, uh, let's sit back and enjoy, and let's hope tonight is a little bit more enjoyable than sitting down last night and watching that Packer-Lions game, especially when you're a Packer fan. As I close out, I shift a little bit. Did anybody notice how many Lion fans were in Lambeau? How many Lion fans, how many blue and silver jackets there were surrounding the playing field in our home state? That, to me, with the number of tickets that people must have sold to those Lion fans, I think told you all you needed to know about, A, entrepreneurship, but, B, how many people thought that this was going to be trouble So why go sit out in the cold? Let's just go ahead and make a few bucks and let things happen. All right, that'll do it for our podcast today. A little bit later in the week, we'll be back. We'll take a look at those coaches who are let go to this point. As we noted, there are some on the hot seat. We'll see if they get shown the door or not, and we'll recap the college football championship game, which is being played tonight, and we'll – See if there's any Packer news developing throughout the course of this week. I'm Don Wachillis. Thank you so much for logging in and joining us. Thanks to Sewer Ninjas for being our presenting sponsor. Have yourself a good day. We out.